we ejected all the all those services customers uh we moved to pure product and uh product when we started uh when during our, at the end of that transition was close to about a half a million dollars still uh because we converted those services customers onto the platform you are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka now if you're hearing this it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed to subscribe go to getlatka.com when you subscribe you won't hear ads like this one you'll get the full interviews right now you're only hearing partial interviews and you'll get interviews 3 weeks earlier from founders thinkers and people i find interesting like Eric Wan 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for 2.6 billion dollars. We want to see a real pervasive data culture and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now, look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dharmesh Singh. He's a lifelong learner who's looking to add value to every relationship he touches. He co-founded Fullcast.io with Bala in 2017 to transform how go-to-market operations are done, based off his prior experience scaling ops at Salesforce and Microsoft. Dharmesh, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sure. All right. So, help me understand the space you're playing. Is is this sort of a pure play SaaS company in the RevOps space? That's correct. Uh, we intend to be the platform. between CRM systems and financial planning systems specific so, to any niche SaaS companies for example or for anybody no yeah no we've got customers uh, across SaaS and outside SaaS as well so we our, our niche is essentially anybody where there have a large enterprise sales teams that have the notion of territories and segments and you know multiple roles in the selling mo- that, that are involved in selling motion so we intend to streamline all of that And who do you feel like you're replacing, or how, what are they? How are they solving the current need that you're solving? What are they using to do yeah. it? Yeah. So the basic problem that is that planning is extremely manual. That's done in Excel spreadsheets by sales strategy folks, and that gets never gets uh, you know visibility to on the ops side of the house. So ops is executed in CRM systems uh, manually through custom code or through IT support, and so. our new view is that as companies scale and change cycles get get shorter the loop between planning and execution needs to get streamlined and it needs to be always on right so we need to take planning out of excel into a saas based platform that's always connected to the crm systems and it reflects and stays in sync with all the changes that are happening on top of crm people are leaving the company people get promoted all the time sales as companies evolve uh, is enforcing and defining new runtime policies all the time right mm-hmm. my routing policies change uh, who gets to own accounts change you know depending depending on the account status uh, it might be an account manager it could be a csm you know the, all those those are runtime policies that need to get in, uh, in, uh, enforced and that stuff is done either through custom code or depending on it so we are essentially uh, building this platform so 
teams can have a no-code experience where they can come in and build the plan, click on a button, push the plan into execution, and then keep it sync all the time. So, and Darmesh, when these when these teams fall in love with you and they really integrate you, what do they start paying on average per month? Um, our average deal size across customers is about seventy k for the year mm-hmm. uh, right now, um, and it, it, you know that's the average. We've got some customers that have started with only about twenty reps, and they're as low as you know thirty k. Uh, we got customers at six hundred reps, and they're all the way up to one hundred fifty, two hundred k. Yep. Okay. Got it. So you, your upsell revenue and your expansion opportunities right now, purely based off number of seats. Uh, number of people as well as modules. So depending on, you know, are you looking for territory segmentation? Are you looking for quota? Are you looking for other uh, you know, planning, headcount planning? So uh, all those different modules. And take me back to sort of day one, right? So, so when did you found the company? We founded the company end of 2016. Uh, we le- we left Salesforce in in December of 2016 to go uh, work on this full time. And who's we? And how many these, how many founders? Uh, me and a partner, Bala. Uh, the two of us. We were at Salesforce. We worked at Microsoft. Uh, so we've been together for about 14 years, and then we decided to bail. And and uh, did was this an internal need you saw? Like, how did you know this was a problem? So we had experienced planning at Microsoft, which was a six-month process. And uh, Bala and myself, we were part of the sales uh, planning customer for life team at Salesforce, uh, dealing with 1,500 sheets being sent to 400 managers August to February. And so we started looking at solutions internally to start streamlining the process. And uh, we looked at tools like Anaplan out there, and uh, none of them could meet the need of what we ended, ended up doing. Then Bala and his team built a prototype version internally for Salesforce. And we felt that, you know, I think we, there's a need for this in the mid-market uh, that we, could, we should go out and build a platform uh, dedicated to this function. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you guys get the initial capital to get the thing going? Uh, hustle. <laughs> uh, no, initially when we left, uh, we uh, built a business around services and uh, to scale uh, SMB uh, customers and get them to start getting more uh, uh, more robust around sales operations. And while we were we built that cash flow engine, we were prototyping our basic MVP out there. Uh, and then we ra- raised a little amount of seed funding uh, uh, in June 2018 and uh, doubled down on building the platform. Uh, how, much, the how much was that round for in 2018? Uh, 2.75. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we then uh, built the platform, uh, moved to the mid-market segment, and uh, switched over from a services to a SaaS-only business. And we launched the product. In in what year? February 2019. Sorry, you turned off all services and switched to pure SaaS in 2018 or 2019? 2019. Okay. Got it. And so this is obviously a great way to build a SaaS company, right? So, so to deal with the cash flow and the initial code getting developed, to just do consulting in the space that you're going to end up you know, solving problems for anyway. What did you grow revenue to in 2018 on the agency and sort of services side? About a million dollars on agency. Mm-hmm. And, to, and uh, today, none of your revenue comes from that though, correct? Correct. None of it comes from revenue. So we ejected all, the, all those services customers. Uh, we moved to pure product and uh, product when we started uh, when, uh, at the end of that transition was close to about a half a million dollars still 
uh, because we converted those services customers onto the platform. So sorry, uh, just to be clear, are you saying in 2019 you ended with a run rate SaaS only of about half a million? Correct. I see. And what do you think you'll close this yeah. year at? Uh, close to 1.3, 1.4. Okay. So healthy growth, where's most of the growth coming from? Is it selling, upselling new seats and modules or new logos altogether? It's new logos uh, and it's change of ICP. So you, we, we sell to customers like MongoDB, Udemy, uh, you know, essentially the mid-market space, Auth0. Uh, so we've got uh, essentially net new customers because we just ejected out of the SMB into the mid-market completely. How many total paying customers today? 15. 15. And how many did you finish last year with? Uh, last year, we finished with about eight. Eight. Okay. Interesting. And so, so talk to me about some of the economics. You've only raised a 2.7 or do you decide to raise more capital? We are uh, looking to raise some capital now. How, uh, how much? Very focused. Um, so we are raising about, we're not ready for the Series A yet. So we're just raising on a note uh, about about a million to $2 million is what we think we need for the next 12 to 18 months. So because that plus the revenue coming in from customers should allow us to uh, really uh, start um, investing and hiring more people that we need to support the growth of customers. How many people are on the team today total? 10. 10. How many engineers? Yeah. Uh, we've got among, we've got 10 FTEs plus contract employees. So if you were to sort of mix the contract and the FTEs, you got about, uh, about nine engineers. Okay, got it. How many of the engineers are full-time or none of them full-time? So we got four full-time. Oh, four full-time. Okay, got it. At, and at this level, I mean, have you hired your first sales rep or are you still doing most of the selling? No, we have a dedicated salesperson. Uh, we hired him as an SDR. Uh, we learned the ropes, learned, the, learned about the problem space. And then we, he's graduated into a full cycle AE role. With quota? And so, uh, I mean, too early for quota. I mean, right now, you know, he it's between him and us. Uh, the quota is, you know, uh, whatever the company's number is, with 1.3 is mm-hmm. what won't hit. Uh, I do help I get, get involved in sales. So I help him with that. Uh, but we don't have any official quota. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, now, if you go and do uh, go raise on a note, call it one or two million, obviously you want to minimize any amount of dilution. What cap would you try and raise at? Uh, we're raising at a 15 million cap. On a, it's a safe note. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, the first 2.7 was on a safe as well? No, that was an equity price round. How does that work? How do you go? I mean, usually you start with the safe and it converts at the next equity round. You're sort of going backwards, equity yeah. round and then safe. Why do that? Uh, we're looking at the safe note more as a bridge financing because we don't want to rule to a Series A till we go past $2 million in ARR. Mm-hmm. And so the thing we are trying to balance is we've got uh, customers signing up and uh, we need to hire in customer success. We need to hire another additional SDR. And you have two options. Either you continue uh, hiring just on demand, uh, just in need kind of time based on uh, the customer growth, or you invest a little ahead of time uh, to prepare, to plan for the growth, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're going to invest a little ahead of time, uh, more in you know finishing some of the engineering work that needs to get done, everything else, then you, you need a little money, not a whole lot. Uh, and you know, if you can get past two, two and a half billion dollars, you know, you might you're you're better suited to do a much larger series A at that point of time. And Darmesh, when you raised the two point seven million in twenty eighteen, what valuation was that at? 
Mm, we did it at Tenpri. And how did you, what the, the pitch for that, besides your, it sounds like you have a great track record. That's probably most of it. But how did you, when you shared the PL with those VCs and you said, this is all agency revenue, how did you make sure you prevented them from going, ah, we're not giving you that big valuation. This is all agency revenue. How'd you make your agency revenue an asset versus a liability? Uh, they saw the, the, what they saw was the MVP, the prototype. And so they, under, they, they had a clear understanding of, you know, the product itself, because we are beyond, we had, we had already prototyped the MVP. We had kind of uh, taking some of our services customers and, you know, started moving them to the platform already. So it was like, okay, how big is the market? There's a huge market. We're going after this. You know, we think it's at least, if not anything, it's at least a $10 billion market. Uh, our view is we're building a new, net new platform. Uh, there is no platform for ops. And we have, we see this huge rise of RevOps, which is essentially a title, but with underlying point tools, there is no platform, right? And so we want to be a platform much like Marketo was for marketing automation and, you know, sales forces for CRM. There needs to be a platform for revenue organizations end to end. And talk to me about this raise. Obviously, when you raise capital, you're planning for a certain amount of runway to get to your two million in revenue. How much burn, net burn, are you are you putting out right now monthly? We are almost cash flow neutral. Oh, okay. I mean that's that's pretty good. So you don't so you don't really necessarily need to raise. You haven't made those hires yet that would contribute to so, burn. So that is what I meant when I said that. You know, uh, for us, we could either you know just hire in time as we. Start bring on customers and we have a ratio uh, for that. Or uh, in some cases, you need to hire a head. Like engineering is an investment. Yep. Some sales is an investment you're making for the head. So like we know we're growing. We need to invest in those areas. And so the decision is, do we stall that investment and just you know do it, peanut butter it as customer revenue comes in? Or we just take a, more, a little more money and invest in that growth. A lot of folks listening right now launch their MVP with an outsourced dev team. They realize at some point mm-hmm. they want to bring that in-house. You're doing this right now. Help me explain the challenges of that transition. Uh, you need to have the processes built internally uh, uh, to to in, to be able to insource. Also, it helps when you've been working with the outsourced partner consistently because you've built some uh, repository of knowledge that you don't want to lose. Right, and so our goal is to uh, not uh, go for a company, but we want to bring the same people on FTE roles because they have subject matter experience. So you'd hire them out of the agency to join you full time. Correct. Yeah. How do you do that without pissing off the agency, or how do you pull them away from the agency? So that is a great question. So we started when we started up with the agency. We started with that principle clearly defined. So we have when essentially uh, we. They are, for all practical purposes, they're full-time employees because they work only for us. Uh, we we set up that structure. We just didn't want to deal with the structure of putting in an office and registering an office and you know all the stuff in the new place. So we said, you, you guys can do this on your own over here. Uh, we'll pick that battle up later. That's great. Darmesh, on that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I love the Atlassian CEOs, uh, both of them. Uh, Scott, uh, I've tracked him for a while, and I, you know, I agree with his values and I agree with the way he's built the company. So, yeah, uh, there are lots of great CEOs, but yes, Atlassian 
uh, is top of mind for me. And if you guys want to learn more from Atlassian, we just had their CRO, Carmen Dush, on the show, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago. You can check it out at gitlaka.com. Learn okay. more. Learn, learn more about their growth from you know high volume, low ARPU, low touch to the ARPU yeah. expansion, enterprise sales motion now today. Uh, num- to. Number three, uh, Darmesh, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Uh, favorite online tool for building a company. We love Basecamp. Uh, we love uh, Google Chat. Uh, those are the two tools that we depend on. No. Uh, we run an entire company on that, actually. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? About six. And situation, married, single kids? Married with two college going kids. Oh, great. And how old are you? I am 50. 50. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, I wish somebody had told me I should get started sooner <laughs> on this entrepreneurial journey. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, that, that'll, that'll be it. Guys, Fullcast.io playing in the RevOps space. Their ex-Salesforce folks launched in 2016, built a million dollars worth of agency revenue to fund the change over to pure SaaS in 2019. Now have 15 customers paying average ACBs of $70,000 a year, very much an enterprise sales motion, doing 1.4 million in ARR to date as they look to continue to scale, raised 2.7 million back in 2018 at a $12 million post-money valuation. Team of 10 today, four engineers in-house, one quota carrying, well, one sales rep who's an AE is looked to scale out that team. And uh, starting with the head of engineering, they're going to try and raise here another round, uh, call it the next three to six months, targeting a one to $2 million note on a 15 cap. We'll see what happens. Darmesh, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.